Welcome to the Caged Vision Show, where each week we talk about one thing, putting your vision to work. So whether you're the CEO of a large company, maybe an executive within a large company, maybe you're a small company, maybe you are an entrepreneur that is just getting started. Each of you has a vision for where you want to go in the future, and we talk about how to get there, how to put that vision to work. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Caged Vision Podcast with Carrie Rome and Lisa Beck. And Lisa Beck, you and I are grinning from ear <laughs> to ear because we got a little something sneaky up our sleeve today. Yes, we are going to try something today because at heart, we're just really nerdy people. Mm, they know that. Yeah, they I guess I that. already know that. But it always helps to say it before they say it. Yes, it does. We're, we're they... self-aware. <laughs> we're very self-aware yeah. that we are geeky, nerdy people. But I think that you will find this oh, yeah. fascinating. So fascinating. And when at, at, at where... Um, you know, there are certain levels of nerdiness. I probably peek out in certain areas where, where you peek out in others. However, our nerdiness merges together. It does, which should actually scare our listeners. Uh, it, it, it should scare everyone, but it merges together in the form of podcasts <laughs> and the amount of podcasts that we listen to. And so Lisa and I were talking, we said, you know, how cool would it be? Because if it goes in our ears and we do our best to regurgitate and summarize and provide tips, but what if we tried something where we took sections of a podcast and we broke that down together on our own podcast? How cool would that be? Well, obviously, we think it's pretty darn cool because we're about to do it. Yeah, we're doing it. So... Here's the story. Uh, since I didn't get into Stanford, I, I never applied, but I couldn't get in <laughs> either way. They they would see how Lisa laughed. That's how they would laugh at me. In fact, they probably wouldn't even let me on the campus to buy a hot dog. They probably don't sell hot dogs. I was going to say, they probably don't even sell hot a dogs. Stanford's burger. in California. They're all vegan and a stuff. A vegan burger and a, and a Yeah, okay, this is like, anyway. wait, hold on. This is totally off the subject, okay. but since the Super Bowl just occurred, did yeah. you see that map of the states with like people's favorite food or something in every state? No, I missed that. Okay, well, do you know what California's favorite Super Bowl food is? Mm, hold on. Avocados. That's a really great guess. Oh, yeah. Grilled chicken breast. Whereas Alabama's but we're frying it. is like white Fried Twinkie. chili. It's like <laughs> chili or something. I mean, you know, it's anyway, uh, that was a complete aside. California, y'all could do totally better. Side but anyway, note. go so, ahead. So takeaway so far, Carrie couldn't get into Stanford if we tried. And, uh, and, and if I did... And their eat, favorite... I would eat grilled chi yeah, fried chicken. there you go. No, grilled right. chicken. Grilled right? chicken. Okay, go ahead. so anyway, this is the interview with the Stanford uh, Entrepreneurial Leadership podcast that they have, and he was at... It's a speaker series, okay? And so they invited the founder of a company called Banjo, which is... It's cool, cool name. Yeah, cool name. Anyway, so what... And this guy's uh, name, he is super cool. He's got a beard like mid down to mid chest okay but, he's got like a duck dynasty beard going on yeah his name is damian Patton, and he's the ceo and what what banjo does 
is they deliver real-time live information based on all of the signals that are out there. And, and I'm, I'm gesturing with my hands, which means yeah, but nothing you need, to you yeah, as you exactly. listen in your car or as you work in your yard. Explain or, what that means. Traffic signals, um, weather signals, social media, obviously. 911 dispatches. Every single thing. We're talking big data, and they use it to save lives. So I here's the cool this. story. So, right, this we are not going to talk about artificial intelligence the entire time. We're going to relate this to your business, we promise. And that's the challenge we have. So... But here's the thing. They started working on this and they came up with this and it started to work so well, so successfully that they knew in advance of an, an incident eight minutes before the police knew about, I mean, life saving, uh, you know, time savings. And, um, but in, in the process, he talks about, so many people, when they figured out, wow, you figured that out, everybody wanted to buy them and use it for financial gain. This guy is has such a mission to save lives. He says, it's not about the money. I, I was homeless. Trust me, it's not about the money. It's about saving lives and having an impact. So he's going to talk about that. He's going to talk about, um, listen, if you can do anything, he's going to go into that. And he's going to talk about at the end, he really closes out with something I think is just amazing. He's talking about um, how the, the reason we just don't act, which is sort of painful to hear, but truth nonetheless. So what we're going to do is we're going to play a clip of the, um, of the recording of the speaking series, and then Lisa and I are going to talk about that clip and um, how you could benefit from it. So here we go. But because we have so much data and so many signals, we can also determine what is real and what is false. Because no matter how good a source of data is, no matter where it's coming from, one source of data is, I call it as no data. If for those of you that are entrepreneurs, when you get out one day and you're going to raise money, possibly from venture capitalists, I always tell those that I'm mentoring in that is one buyer is no buyer, meaning if you only have one offer, it's equivalent to no offer. You, you know, you need to get more. Same thing with data. You can't make the best decisions in your life from one piece of information. And so how do you bring in so many different pieces of information that are so unrelated to one another, but yet coming together and being combined from all these multiple sources can tell us the degree of confidence, the degree of truth that is coming out of each signal. Wow. So there you go. Obviously... Lisa and I, 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 your eyes lit up, my eyes lit up. When we talk about when you have one source of data, you have no sources of data. I mean, give me, tell me what you're, talk to me about what that meant to you. And I, okay, so from a business, relating this back to business, I think that business owners do this a lot. They, they find out one fact or one piece of information, they latch onto it, and then they make decisions without having a bigger picture. And I'm going to give you an example. I think um, I think 
an example of that is looking at a customer relationship with you Mm -hmm. and only looking at one piece of that relationship and leaving out other elements like knowing they're about to buy a company or knowing they are uh, expanding into a new location. Looking at economic data, what's going on in their industry, what is going to happen. I think you have to look at more than one point of data at one point in time before you can make big strategic decisions. And I think small business, well, I think business in general, not just small business, I think sometimes they forget about that. Yeah, because there's so much noise out there. There's yes, so and much how do you clarify and, which pieces of data to listen to? That's yeah, the other question. Yeah. Lisa and I, you and I worked on a um, a project where um, they understand they need to make decisions based on data. When you start to unpack what you have to do to level set and comb through all of the data that you have so that you can make decisions based on data, that's not a journey that happens overnight. These guys that we're just talking about, uh, Damien, 13 years they've been working on it, right? That's not a reason to rely on one source of data. You have to start because making decisions based on one source of data, he references in here, he says it so well that um, when you combine all these multiple sources, they can tell that it raises the level and the degree of confidence. So, if you want more confidence in your decision, if you want um, if you want to make better decisions, don't just rely on that single. You're talking about lost opportunity. So frustrating, especially when you know that you already have the source of information that exists there. For us, we see it all the time. We're, we're trying to get people on the same page, working towards the same goal, so that we can talk the same language and understand what sources of data each is bringing to the table so that we're not blind and operating in silos, correct? Correct. Yes. All right. So the second clip that we are playing, this is, this is, there's no other way to put it. This is straight up encouragement. It, it just is. Like you can do, you can, you can do this, right? Oh yeah. No, his story and what they're doing, you could just put this on a loop and listen to it every day. So here we go. This is a um, a three-minute clip. We're going to cut it down a little bit, but here you go. But each and every single person in this room, you have a unique life story like I have a unique life story. Yours just is different. Different is, is not better or worse. It's that. It's different. You can create and do amazing things, things that I could never even dream of, things that I couldn't even understand because of your unique experiences, because of things in life that you're either dealing with today, you've dealt with before, or the things that you aspire that you want to accomplish in the future. And that's why you can create something amazing. Even if you're sitting there today and saying, I don't know that's for me, that's okay. You don't have to make a decision today on what's best for you today. But I can assure you, if some homeless kid with no education, who's probably my best accomplishment in life is the fact that I'm not in prison, has been able to achieve something of this magnitude that is literally changing the way that we will be able to deliver information to people faster. You will get information faster. That it'll make it'll make a massive change in your life for the better, or for your loved ones' lives for the better. You can do anything. 
And so don't feel the pressures of you needing to go out and start something. I mean, every time I come and speak at one of these things, everyone feels this need that they need to become the entrepreneur and come out with the next big thing. Not so. I'm grateful that behind me, I have an amazing team of people and have had an amazing team of people for almost eight years ago when I started this. Several of them are sitting here that were there the day I started and are still with me today. And I'm grateful that they didn't go out on their, their entrepreneurial ventures of their own, that they've been able to support the craziness coming out of my head every day to make it a reality. And so just because you don't have that desire maybe to go out and do something of your own, that doesn't mean you don't play a significant role in making it happen. Okay, Lisa. Wow, so many spots where we can take this. Uh, when he talks about, when he's referencing himself, if you're not the founder of a company, you're not the entrepreneur, if you're not the CEO, everything he just said, that CEO is feeling. Like the fact that their team somehow organize and make things happen, anybody worth their salt, there's so much gratitude for how, how that happens and how it, how it goes on. The disconnect that you and I see, Lisa, and it's just so frustrating, and hopefully this will serve as encouragement and give people the confidence not to wait to take action, is that a founder or a CEO can start a movement, but they can't complete it on their own. At some point, if you're on board, you have to pick up the pieces and you have to be willing to take the initiative and move the ball forward on your own. The key takeaway for me from that is I think sometimes people feel guilty that they don't have that entrepreneurial spirit but you know that they should they want to work at something and they want to be a part of something but they don't want to start something and I think that we need to give people permission to be on a team and be excited about what they're doing and believe in what they're doing and not you don't have to be the founder right? no yeah you I think can, it's, that's a fabulous point I think the term uh, entrepreneur is, oh, I love that. Is, is fabulous because I think the best organizations encourage, hey, this is like your own business. Run it that way. I want you to give them the freedom. The freedom. If you're working in an environment where they say, don't bring me your ideas, do what I told you, we can help you find a job. <laughs> Seriously, don't stay there. Do not stay there. Life's too short. Agreed. Right? It, you're not, if you're not going to... Um, you're you're not you're not part of that mission. You're there to, to to collect a paycheck, and you have more value to give than just to collect a paycheck and have somebody shut down every one of your ideas. Yeah, I firmly believe. My father always told me I could do anything I set my mind to. I mean, there are certain things. Obviously, I'll never play you know basketball in the NBA or anything. I like was going to use that one. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. The I'm Spud Web. Spud Web. Uh, well, Spud, there's Spud. Yeah, there well, how tall was Spud? The only difference between me and Spud is that he could jump and he could shoot. Well, other than that, other than oh, that. And, he, and he could dribble. There you go. But I could have worn the uniform. Uh -huh. I'd yeah. have thrown a headband on. I'm but confident let's not go you would have thrown a headband yeah, on. Okay. Um, but I think that believing in what you're doing as an organization or in the organization that you work for, you know, as Carrie mentioned earlier, this. He, they offered to buy his company and he is sticking to his guns and saying, no, not worth I, it. it's not worth it. Not I worth it. 
exist because I believe that we should use artificial intelligence to save lives. And I'm going to figure out how to do that. So cool. And everybody on his team feels that exact same way. They're there because they believe in the mission. Correct. And they could have gone somewhere else and made more money. And they said, nope. Now, we're not saying... Hey, everyone go work at a nonprofit. And we're not, that's not what we're saying. What we want to say here is that we've offered uh, our one page system for you. Please download that. Please take what you believe you own, complete that, call us if you need help, complete it and bring it to the CEO or bring it to the CXO and say, here's my plan. Based on what I heard you said, I took the initiative to build out a plan. If you think this is the right plan, or if you're willing, I'd really like your feedback on this plan. And if it's okay, I'd like you to give me the resources I need in the budget so that I can execute and you can hold me accountable to that. Does that sound like a plan? Oh, my gosh. When I tell people with CEOs that story, they say, oh, my gosh, I would love that. Yeah, they want people to take initiative and to buy into what this goes back to having an objective. I mean, this man is on a mission to use oh. artificial intelligence to save lives. That is his objective. Pretty clear, too. Pretty clear. Right. But the frustrating point is how many people do you run into that know they have a role, but are waiting to be told what to do next? The majority of people. Mm, you know how I feel about that. I know. I feel the exact same way. Oh, okay. what you got next? So the last one is uh, is really, really good. This is really my, it's my favorite. Is this your because, favorite? Yeah. Okay. So we'll go into it. The only way to affect change is to truly get in to all of these places, all of these private industry, government industries, and change them from within because it's the only way it's going to work. They're just not going to take flippant calls from, from us. I, I wish they would. And, and if you want to, uh, you, you're welcome to come and sit down in one of our offices and I'll give you a phone and a desk and you can just sit there and watch and start calling them. And you know, it, it'll be pretty disheartening. You'll see very quickly that no one pays attention. They only pay attention when you change from within, but that's how we get the relationships. There was a shooting this last weekend and the city the shooting was in had just talked to us, but you know, they didn't have the budget, didn't want to do this. When that shooting happened, the police weren't even on scene yet. And I'm getting calls personally all the way up to the Speaker of the House from that state's calling me saying, hey, what can you do to help us in the situation? We need to know, right? So unfortunately, in this country and, and, and for human beings, it takes tragedy to take to, to have action. Very rarely do we spend the money and get ahead of things. It's always reactive. We're trying to change that, but we are also living in, the, in, in this world of reality. First, let me say... The passion in his voice. Did you hear his voice crack when he said you could come and you could have a phone call? The frustration yes. Yes. that he is feeling because he, he sees it. How frustrating is it to, that it takes tragedy to take action? Now, this is a business podcast and we were going to relate to that. But here's the thing, Lisa. You, you and I see it all the time. People are going to react to a problem, and the bigger the problem, the more likely they are to jump up and react and, and throw everything at the problem when it's the problem, but they don't want to do anything about the problem until it's a burning problem. If we can do anything in today's podcast, get ahead of it. Start to get ahead of it today. It's the difference between being reactive and proactive. 
Why can't you be proactive? What's the downside? You know, what is the downside to analyzing situations and being proactive about improving it? Right. The example that he gives of the city who says, oh, we don't have the budget to do this and then calls him, you know, while something is happening, that's, they had an opportunity to be proactive. Yeah. And they refused. But then just as soon as something happened, they became reactive and they wanted to do something. So here, here, when, I, when I heard this, I thought of, it, you know, that what do you want me to do? How many people in companies right now are saying, what do you want me to do? To, and they're saying it in their head to their CEO. Well, wh- what did you want me to do? They're not going to listen. Okay. And there is some truth to that. There's some truth to that, but I'm going to challenge you right now. It's no longer an excuse. Agreed. Go and get your addict's guide for free. Complete it. Take it to your CEO and say, this is what I heard. Here's my plan. Will you help me with this? Will you support me in this? That's how you start. We're not saying go and and figure out how to do what Damien Patton's done. We're not suggesting that. But to sit back and to point at every other person and say, I see all this going on, and what am I going to do? That's a dead-end road. That's sad. Don't don't be that way. Because as leaders or as managers, if I had someone walk into my office and say, you know what, this is a problem, it's been a problem, and instead of whining and complaining about it, they actually had a solution, and you know how I feel about solutions, well, yeah, offering three viable solutions, and actually had done their homework or research or thought through it, they're going to get some action. There's going to be, I'm going to be more inclined to say to them, hey, this is a great idea. Let's, let's look at doing this. So how, how coachable is that? How easy is that, Lisa, when somebody brings a problem to you and all you have to say is, hey, I think that's something we pursue. Go and find three viable options. And then they bring them and then say, hey, next time before you come to me, have those three viable options. I love your ideas. You're seeing the right things. Focus on that. That's coaching. That's working with them. Versus just sitting back and saying, no one will listen to me. Because it shouldn't take a tragedy. No, it should not. To get something done. Okay, Lisa, I had fun. Hopefully our listeners are having fun. Listen, this is encouraging to me. If somebody can tackle this big of an issue, a homeless person that basically says, I should not be alive. I mean, for me to be able to do this, there are no excuses. There's just not. So hopefully this is encouragement and hopefully it's confident, which is confidence, which is our goal with each podcast. So uh, we will, I think we're going to be doing some more of these because I like it. It yeah, was like fun. It let fun. us, Hey, let us know what you think. Yes. Please comment do. on LinkedIn or, or on the, uh, on the blog post. Yes. Hey, thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.